July for the Dixie Book of Days. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dixie Book of Days by Page Andrews. July. A summer shower. Meanwhile, unreluctant, earth like Danae lies. Listen. Is it fancy that beneath us sighs, as that warm lap receives the largesse of the skies? Jove, it is, descendeth in those crystal rills, and this world-wide tremor is a pulse that thrills to a god's life infused through veins of velvet hills. Wait, thou jealous sunshine, break not on their bliss. Earth will blush in roses many a day for this, and bend a brighter brow beneath thy burning kiss. Henry Timrod July 1st A Southern Soldier's Tribute To the Union Commander General George Gordon Meade, history will accord the honor of having handled his army at Gettysburg with unquestioned ability. The record and the results of the battle entitle him to a high place among Union leaders. To him, and to his able subordinates and heroic men, is due the credit of having successfully met and repelled the Army of Northern Virginia in the meridian of its hope and confidence and power. General John B. Gordon First Day at Gettysburg, 1863 July 2nd General Lee distinctly ordered Longstreet to attack early the morning of the second day, and if he had done so, two of the largest corps of Meade's army would not have been in the fight. But Longstreet delayed the attack until four o'clock in the afternoon, and thus lost his opportunity of occupying Little Round Top, the key to the position, which he might have done in the morning without firing a shot or losing a man. General John B. Gordon Second day at Gettysburg, 1863. July 3rd. General Lee ordered Longstreet to attack at daybreak on the morning of the third day. He did not attack until two or three o'clock in the afternoon, the artillery opening at one. Nothing that occurred at Gettysburg, nor anything that has been written since of that battle, has lessened the conviction that, had Lee's orders been promptly and cordially executed, Meade's center on the third day would have been penetrated and the Union army overwhelmingly defeated. General John B. Gordon Third Day at Gettysburg, 1863 Joel Chandler Harris dies, 1908 July 4th General Lee, according to the testimony of Colonel Walter H. Taylor, Colonel C. S. Venable, and General A. L. Long, who were present when the order was given, ordered Longstreet to make the attack on the last day, with the three divisions of his corps, and two divisions of A. P. Hill's corps, and that instead of doing so he sent fourteen thousand men to assail Meade's army in his strong position, and heavily entrenched. General John B. Gordon Lee awaits the attack of Meade at Gettysburg throughout the fourth day, 1863. Vicksburg surrenders, 1863. Thomas Jefferson dies, 1826. July 5th. Opinion, let me alone. I am not thine. Prim creed with categoric point, forbear to feature me, my lord, by rule and line. 
Thou canst not measure mistress nature's hair, not one sweet inch. Nay, if thy sight is sharp, wouldst count the strings upon an angel's harp? Forbear, forbear. Sidney Lanier July 6th A golden pallor of voluptuous light filled the warm southern night. The moon, clear-orbed, above the sylvan scene, moved like a stately queen, so rife with conscious beauty all the while, what could she do but smile at her perfect loveliness below, glassed in the tranquil flow of crystal fountains and unruffled streams? Paul Hamilton Hayne Paul Hamilton Hayne dies 1886. John Marshall dies 1835. July 7th. Do orioles from verdant Chesapeake and crested cardinal with linnets from the Severn come to seek, obedient to thy call, if they can give thee one new music thought, who every note from every land hast caught? E. G. Lee. The Mockingbird. July 8th. Sweet bird, that from yon dancing spray dost warble forth thy varied lay, from early morn to close of day melodious changes singing, sure thine must be the magic art that bids my drowsy fancy start, while from the furrows of my heart hope's fairy flowers are springing. Charles William Hubner The Mockingbird July ninth and to defenders and besiegers it is alike unjust to say, even though it has been said by the highest authority that Port Hudson surrendered only because Vicksburg had fallen. The simple truth is that Port Hudson surrendered, because its hour had come. The garrison was literally starving. With less than three thousand famished men in line, powerful mines beneath the salients, and a last assault about to be delivered at ten places, what else was left to do? Lieutenant Colonel Richard B. Irwin, U.S.V. Fall of Port Hudson, 1863. Defeat of Lew Wallace by Early at the Monocacy, Maryland, 1864. Alexander Donovan, the Xenophon of America, born 1808. Mammy's first experience at the phone. We heard Mammy say, Hello. Hello. What makes you rattle the handle so? Is dat you, miss? Wants main twenty-free? I ain't gwine to have you foolin' with me. I say, main twenty. What's ailin' you? Busy. I guess I's busy, too. You give me dat number twenty-free. I's busier than you ever dared to be. Mary Johnson Blackburn July 11th the old world had its xantope, but the facts have not been fully established in the new. Under this marble tomb lies the body of Honorable John Custis, Esquire, of the city of Williamsburg and parish of Bruton, formerly of Hungers Parish, on the eastern shore of Virginia and county of Northampton, age seventy-one years, and yet lived but seven which was the space of time he kept a bachelor's home at Arlington, on the eastern shore of Virginia. This inscription put on his tomb was by his own positive orders. July 12th. 
Jackson's genius for war, Lee's resistless magnetism, were not vouchsafed to Hill, but in those characteristics in which he excelled—invincible tenacity, absolute unconsciousness of fear, a courage never to submit or yield, no one has risen above him, not even in the annals of the Army of Northern Virginia. He was the very Ironsides of the South, Cromwell in some of his essential characteristics coming again in the person and genius of D. H. Hill. Henry E. Shepard D. H. Hill, born 1821 July 13th Though the gray were outnumbered, he counted no odd, but fought like a demon and struck like a god, disclaiming defeat on the blood-curdled sod, as he pledged to the South that he loved. Virginia Fraser Boyle N. B. Forrest, born 1821 July 14th Pleasant and wonderfully fair, like one that knows her own domain, Magnolia flowers in her hair, and orange blossoms rare. Let her not knock in vain. Lift up your equal heads to her, of all your courts contain, co-heir, for lo, she claims her own again. Daniel B. Lucas. The South shall claim her own again. July 15th. Fact or Fiction. For four years the northern states fought to keep their southern sisters in the federal family. Then, having soundly thrashed these sisters in order to keep them at home, they suddenly shut the door and kicked them down the steps. The erring sisters are now fully restored to the family circle. But they had a longer and more painful struggle in the effort to get back than in the attempt to get away. More briefly, for four years the Federal Government, led by Lincoln, maintained that all of the Southern States were in the Union and could not get out. And then for five years, under the rule of the Radicals, it argued that some of these States were out of the Union and could not get in. Matthew Page Andrews Reconstruction ended and the Union restored by the readmission of Georgia, 1870. July 16th I shall yet live to see it an English nation. Sir Walter Raleigh Raleigh's first colony arrives at Roanoke Island, 1584. July 17th Kin A visitor in the old chapel graveyard in Clark County, Virginia, asked the aged negro Sexton if he knew the whereabouts of a certain grave, adding that the deceased was her relative. Old Miss Anne? Why, of course I knows where my old mistress is. She your grandma. Just to think now. If you hadn't spoke, we never would have knowed we was related. July 18th Uncle Remus was quite a fogey in his idea of negro education. One day a number of negro children on their way home from school were impudent to the old man, and he was giving them an untempered piece of his mind when a gentleman apologized for them by saying, "'Oh, well, they are school-children. You know how they are. "'That's what make I say what I does,' said Uncle Remus. "'They better be at home picking up chips. What a nigger going to learn out in books. I can take a barrel-stave and fling more sense into a nigger in one minute than all the schoolhouses betwixt this and the United States and Michigan.' "'Don't talk, honey.' 
with one barrel-stave i can fairly lift de veil er ignance quoted by henry stiles bradley july nineteenth what was my offence my husband was absent an exile he had never been a politician or in any way engaged in the struggle now going on his age preventing the house was built by my father a revolutionary soldier who served the whole seven years for your independence was it for this that you turned me my young daughter and little son out upon the world without a shelter or was it because my husband was the grandson of the revolutionary patriot and rebel richard henry lee and the near kinsman of the noblest of christian warriors the greatest of generals robert e lee your name will stand on history's page as the hunter of weak women and innocent children the hunter to destroy defenceless villages and refined and beautiful homes to torture afresh the agonized hearts of widows the hunter of africa's poor sons and daughters to lure them on to ruin and death of soul and body the hunter with the relentless heart of a wild beast the face of a friend and the form of a man henrietta b lee extract from letter to general hunter often referred to as the best example of excoriating rebuke in american literature mrs lee's home was burned july nineteenth eighteen sixty four june twentieth the muffled drum's sad roll has beat the soldier's last tattoo no more on life's parade shall meet the brave and fallen few on fame's eternal camping-ground their silent tents are spread and glory guards with solemn round the bivouac of the dead theodore o'hara it is remarkable that the memorial inscriptions of federal cemeteries are taken from stanzas written by a rebel soldier poet Grand Army posts have also made use of anonymous lines by Major William M. Pegram, C.S.A., quoted May 26th, when decorating Confederate graves. Both uses are unconscious but eloquent tributes to the genius of Southern expression. Editor. Burial in Frankfurt of Kentuckians Killed in the Mexican War, 1847. July 21st. We thought they slept the sons who kept the names of noble sires and slumbered while the darkness crept round their vigil fires but i the golden horseshoe knights their old dominion keep whose foes have found enchanted ground but not a knight asleep francis o tickner first battle of manassas eighteen sixty one july twenty second in the darksome depths of the fathomless mine my tireless arm doth play where the rocks ne'er saw the sun's decline or the dawn of the glorious day i blow the bellows i forge the steel in all the shops of trade i hammer the ore and turn the wheel where my arms of strength are made i manage the furnace the mill the mint i carry i spin i weave and all my doings i put in print on every saturday eve george w cutter the song of steam july twenty third the rush the tumult and the fear of this our modern age have only widened out the poet's sphere have given him a broader stage on which to act his part 
the spiritual world of godlike aspirations the kingdom of the sympathetic heart the fair domain of high imaginations lie open to the poet as of old wrong still is wrong and right is right and to declare that poetry must go is to do god a wrong william p trent the age and the poet july twenty fourth antebellum master julius you rascal if this happens again we'll have to part la mars phil where you gwine july twenty fifth the nights are full of love the stars and moon take up the golden tale of the sunk sun and passionate and pale mixing their fires above grow eloquent thereof madison cowain july twenty sixth the philosophy of mammy phyllis hush mary van commanded willis you can't crow you've got to cackle i haven't neither i can crow just as good as you can't i mammy phyllis well solemnly answered phyllis it sound more ladylike to hear er hen cackle dan to crow but them women folks what wants to hear derselfs crow is got de right to do it shaking her head in resignation but disapproval but i allus noticed that de roosters keeps mo company wid hens what cackles dan dem what crows go long now and cackle like a nice little hen sarah johnson cock july twenty seventh tis night calm lovely silent cloudless night unnumbered stars on heaven's blue ocean stream ships of eternity shed silver light pure as an infant's or an angel's dream and still exhaustless glorious ever bright such as creation's dawn beheld them beam in changeless orbits hold their ceaseless race for endless ages over boundless space richard henry wilde july twenty eighth when he first set down he peered to cure mighty little bout playin and wished he hadn't come he tweedle leedled a little on the tribble and twoodle oodle oodled some on the bass just foolin and boxin the thing's jaws for bein in his way and i says to a man settin next to me sigh what sort of fool playin is that he thinks he's a doing of it but he ain't got no idee no plan of nothin if he'd play me up a tune of some kind or other i'd but my neighbor says hush very impatient george w bagby how rubenstein played july twenty ninth he fetched up his right wing he fetched up his left wing he fetched up his centre he fetched up his reserves he fired by file he fired by platoons by company by regiments and by brigades he opened his cannon siege guns down there napoleons here twelve pounders yonder big guns little guns middle-sized guns round shot shell shrapnel grape canister mortars mines and magazines every livin battery and bomb a-goin at the same time the house trembled the lights danced the walls shook the floor came up the ceiling come down the sky spilt the ground rocked heavens and earth creation 
sweet potatoes, Moses, nine pences, glory, ten penny nails, my Mary Ann, hallelujah, Samson in a simmon tree, Jerusalem, tump Thompson in a tumbler cart, rudel, oodle, 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 ruddle, uddle, 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 rattle, addle, 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 riddle, idle, 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 riddle, idle, 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 perland, perlang, 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 bang. When I come to George W. Bagby, How Rubenstein Played. July 30th. Let me also recall the fact that on July 30th, 1619, eighteen months before the Pilgrims set foot on American soil, the vine of liberty had so deeply taken root in the colony of Virginia that there was assembled in the church at Jamestown a free representative body, the first on American soil, the House of Burgesses, to deliberate for the welfare of the people. Randolph H. McKim First Legislative Assembly in America meets at Jamestown, 1619. Battle of the Crater, near Petersburg, 1864. July 31st. It was probably the most remarkable evidence on record of the resourcefulness of the Anglo-Saxon race, and its ability and determination to dominate. Driven to desperation by conditions that threatened to destroy their civilization, the citizens of the South, through this organization, turned upon their enemies, overwhelmed them, and became again masters of their own soil, and its proper use must be commended by all good men everywhere, for by it was preserved the purest Anglo-Saxon civilization of this nation. Carry A. Folk The Ku Klux Klan End of July Recording by Bill Borst